everyone. Welcome to episode 108, Unicorns in Paris. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 108. And how about that for a funky wonky title? So I want to talk about Unicorns in Paris, which I've talked a little bit about throughout the podcast. And I decided to dedicate an entire podcast to it because I really want to hone in on the magic of children, their innocence, they're so impressionable, they're so vulnerable, they believe and hang on every word that we say. And I went to the Googles to find synonyms for impressionable because I think that's the greatest word to describe kids when they're looking up at us with those big, beautiful brown or green or blue eyes, and they're just looking at us. Do you see me? Do you hear me? Do I matter? Am I valuable? Am I worthy? They already think all those things about us, but they're looking to us to reflect that goodness back into them. So some synonyms are receptive, responsive, influenceable. Didn't even know that was a word. Affected, susceptible, sensitive, vulnerable, susceptive, suggestible. And I love the quotes and thinking about kids as being a self-filling prophecy because children are likely to live up to what you believe of them. That's by Lady Bird Johnson. A self-filling prophecy for kids is what you believe about them, they will become more of. And so the official definition says, a prediction that directly or indirectly causes itself to become true. So if you want your kid who is lazy to be a hard worker, try to catch them working hard and keep complimenting an action for what a hard worker they are until they become one. It's so easy and our brain will go to the lazy examples and then we'll get more of that. That's what the brain does without mind management. So don't beat yourself up. Just know that that's what conscious parenting is really about, is about focusing on what you want to see more of versus focusing on what you don't want to see because you will only get more of what you focus on. And when I was teaching, we used to have these things called katyas and we would catch the kids doing the different traits or activities, whether it was in reading or in writing or in kindness or in character development, we would catch them doing the things and then give them a katya. And a katya was just like, hey, I gotcha. And we give them a high five, maybe a sticker, maybe verbal praise. And not so much of you're a good girl, you're a good boy. It was more about the traits that they were emulating. And so the other kids would see that and say, oh, kindness matters. Picking up someone else's marker when it falls on the ground, that matters. So then they start doing that. And I love this quote by Carolyn Haywood. She says, children are not only innocent and curious, but also optimistic and joyful and essentially happy. They are in short, everything adults wish they could be. And guess what? That little girl and that little boy still lives within you. And so our journey is back to that. And our children are kind of giving us the GPS and the roadmap of how to do that. And I love this quote by Carol Woodliffe. She says, babies remind us all of the beauty that lives within us all. Perhaps life has fooled you into thinking you've lost your innocence, but pure love and light is still within you. Your job is to let go of the thoughts and heal the wounds that trick you into believing that you are less lovable than you were as a small infant. And don't we always talk about that? You were once that baby in the hospital. 
I was once that baby in the hospital. We all were. So when you look at a baby, you see such goodness and pure, wonderful innocence that lives within you and lives within me. So I want to describe a little bit about this unicorn in Paris concept and idea, because we all know when our kids are little, and remember, doing this podcast, I have to speak to everyone, and there's so many broad ages. So if your kids are older and they don't believe in all the things like S-A-N-T-A, T-O-T-H-F-A-I-R-Y, Elf on the S-H-E-L-F, or Mench on the Bench, all of those things, and just remember back to that time frame, and that little girl or that little boy still lives inside your teenager. And I want you to remember that innocence and that pureness and that beauty during all of the messiest of messy moments, not to let them off the hook and say, oh, well, they're just a kid, so let them get away with everything. That's what the brain does. It goes to all the way to the negative. It's like, oh, we either have to let them just run the ship or we have to be super, super strict. And that's where we go back to Goldilocks Parenting, where there is that in-between, and you and your child are going to have that dance. And the dance you do with one child isn't going to be the same across the board. You know that if you have more than one child, you know that if you've ever been a teacher or a coach, or if you have nieces and nephews, you can see, or just in the home in which you grew up in, all the different personalities and different types of kids within your home if you have siblings. That we all experience it just a little bit different. So what you do for one child isn't the same thing that you're going to do for another child. So that's why for our podcast, it's hard, but it's also empowering to remember that all kids are kids. And so I want to kind of give you a cross section of think about the home in which you were living in growing up with different kids. Think about if you have more than one child or if you're around other kids or if you've ever been a teacher. I will tell you that no matter where you go, all kids are the same. Kids are kids are kids are kids. And they have a little bit of different flair, a little different personality, but they're all flawed and they're all awesome. And I love this quote by Dr. Shafali. She says, if they're shy, we push them to be assertive. But if they're pushy, we tell them to take a back seat. If they're loud, we tell them to hush up. But if they are soft, we tell them to raise their voice. If they are too clingy, we tell them to separate. If they are separate and independent, we tell them to hold on tight. When will we stop the madness and simply accept the as is? Isn't that beautiful? And isn't that so true? Because you know all the different personalities. Even if your kids have more than one friend, you can see all the different personalities within all of your kids' friends. So this unicorn in Paris concept came up with that. I want you to remember that when you're working with your child during the messy moments, the beautiful moments, the magical moments, the tough moments, the stressful moments, the boring moments, during all of those moments, I want you to remember that you're not working in relationship with someone that is on the same wavelength as you. Their brains are not developed. Their brains have not fully formed. This is not a knock on them. This is part of the human experience of growing and evolving. So you're not in relationship with your sister or a coworker or your mother or your father or someone who is the same age as you or a friend. You're in relationship with someone who is super impressionable, super vulnerable, and hangs on your every word and believes everything you tell them. And I say all this not to just give your kids a blank check to just do whatever they want to do, but it's a great way to remind ourselves to stay calm in their storm because they don't know how to calm down even if they wanted to. Grady doesn't know how to read a physics book even if he wanted to. Even if I said, Grady, I will give you Mountain Cave Lego set, which I think is like $1,800 or something crazy like that. I will give you the Mountain Cave if you go read this physics book and you give me a five-minute summary about what you read. He has wanted the Mountain Cave Lego set and probably will want it for the rest of his life. We tried to get the knockoff brand, didn't work. But I could tell him, Grady, go read this physics book. Go read this chemistry book. Go read this book that's written in Swiss and come back, give me a five-minute summary and you can have the mountain cave. He couldn't do it even if he wanted to. So we have to remember, just like we teach our kids about physics and how to tie their shoes 
and read a book, write a sentence, play a video game. There's so much teaching that goes into all of it. The same thing happens when we're teaching them about their emotions and how to manage them. But a lot of us were not taught that as we were growing up. So it's hard to teach something to someone that we don't know ourselves. So that's why our kids can teach us more than we can teach them. And so this Unicorns in Paris, I just used as an example of, we can tell our kids anything and they will believe it. And then they become it. So this is true about their behavior, about character traits, about their heart, about the way they treat others. So I had a little conversation with Grady. And remember, Grady is going into fifth grade. He's 10 years old. He's 10.8, he'll tell you, maybe 10.9. He turns 11 in October, 2021. So whenever you're listening to this, he was born in 2010. His birthday's 10, 10, 10, which is pretty cool. So you can always easily know how old he is based on what year you're listening to this or in what month you're listening to it. And he's a really with it kid. He does really well at school. He got the Christ-like award this year, which was super cool for his beautiful heart. He is pretty organized. I would say he's probably be organized, does things independently. He's a pretty with it kid. He's kind of spacey in the Amelia Bedelia way. Like he said the other day, he's like, you know, he said, when kids go to private school, how do they know where the private schools are? Because the schools are private. He's very, very literal. Whatever you tell them, he's like, you know, that's saying that you say sometimes. Let's not say we did. That's lying, mommy. That is so rude and not Christ-like because he's so literal. So it just kind of gives you a mindset of fourth grade going into fifth grade, okay? And Lily was like this a lot too. And I think the transition I have seen so far is from elementary to middle school is when they start to become more of what you believe in them. They kind of like in middle school start to think like the gig is up in middle school. It's kind of like, wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. They start to have thoughts of their own and they do along the way. But in middle school, the independence really, really rares up. And that's why you have to be ready for that independence because you have to let go of control. And so you have to let go of control a little, a little, a little, a little, a little by little. So then when the teen and the tween years come, it's not such a big leap into independence because you're already conscious and you already know where your triggers are and you already know your blind spots. You're always gonna keep looking for them. And so I would say Grady's kind of like in the in-between stage where he's like, I think I believe everything you say, but some things you say are a little wackadoo. Like he's right on the cusp of all the things, if you know what I mean, all the things that I spelled earlier. He's starting to question it, whereas before he didn't question it. So this unicorn in Paris just reminds us that if you tell your child that there's a unicorn in Paris that you can go visit, they will believe you. Like just even today, he was wearing this outfit and it was all red. He was red shirt, red shorts. And then he had bright green shoes on. I mean, these shoes he just got and they are bright green and he just loves green. So we're like, have at it, buddy. So I said something to him. I'm like, you look like a Christmas tree. Are you getting ready for Christmas? And he's like, yeah, I look like an elf. And I said, you know, I bet if you wear that all day today, maybe the elf on the shelf will make a visit tonight in the middle of summer. And he's like, no way, I'll bet you a million dollars. I'm like, I'll bet you. He's like, I'll bet you 10 extra minutes of quiet time. I'm like, I think if you left your shoes and that outfit out by your door, I think the elf on the shelf might visit tonight. He's like, there's no way he's gonna visit in the middle of summer. I'm like, you never know. He's like, hey, it's worth a shot. He's like, mommy, that's a really bad deal that you're making, but if you wanna make it, go for it. But he literally thinks that there might be a chance that tonight the elf on the shelf in the middle of summer is gonna come visit our house if he leaves his green shoes and red outfit out. And I think he's gonna leave it out tonight because he already mentioned it later. He's like, I'm gonna leave it out. I mean, it could happen, but I don't think so but I wanna get that extra 10 minutes. He's not like totally calling me out like you are crazy lady. So I did a little chat with him about the unicorn in Paris and I said, hey buddy. And I had to talk with him and he again was in the in-betweener. If I told him this in second, third grade, he would have been hook, line and sinker. Really? Oh my goodness. So I got it on audio and he's like, why are you recording this? And I told him afterwards, 
about how impressionable kids are and they believe everything their parents tell them. So I want you to listen to it and you can kind of hear him in between of like, wait, what? I don't know. Wait, I trust you, but this doesn't make any sense. So he's his brain is starting to grow up a little bit more where he's starting to get that logical part of his brain developing a little bit where everything we say isn't like it's written in a dictionary. So I'll let you listen to it. It's about a minute and 10 seconds. It's pretty cute. We prank each other a lot in our family or I'll say, you know, like we'll say something like, oh, school is open on Saturday. So you have to go to school on Saturdays now just for the just for next two Saturdays. It's not a big deal. And so obviously I'm joking. And then we have a thing called promise yes, yes. And promise yes, yes is a ultimate promise that Alice and I came up with a way to test what you're saying is true. You cannot lie and promise yes, yes. Alice and I came up with it in middle school and it still carries out. So he says that a couple of times and I don't answer him directly. He's like, promise yes, yes. And I'm like, well, what do you think about it? He's like, promise yes, yes. So when you hear him, hear him saying promise yes, yes, that's his way of saying, are you serious for real? You cannot lie and promise yes, yes in our family. It's the ultimate sin. What happens if you lie and promise yes, yes? Well, no one has lived to talk about it. Just kidding. It just doesn't happen. That we know of. We're both laying on the bed. So my voice sounds a little groggy, but you get the point. So, Grady, I'm going to tell you a little story. You ready for oh, this? Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, girl. I'm actually a girl. This? I'm not video. I'm just doing the audio. Uh, okay. So, we have to make a plan. For? For. Okay. We have to save up enough money. What? I'm not wasting my money. No, we. Me and you. Like, you can do, like, a lemonade stand and I'll, like, do work. I already have a job with Owen. Okay. Well, you can put some money in. You don't have to pay for it all. But we have to take a trip to Paris. Promise is yes. Le just keep. Promise yes. Let me yes. tell you why we're going to Paris. Oh boy. Oh girl. Unicorn. Let me guess. <laughs> what did you say? Is he a unicorn? You said there was a unicorn in Paris. Yes, there is a unicorn in Paris, and if we can get enough money to fly out there, we can see the unicorn in Paris. What Are do you think about joking? that? Joking. What do you think about that? Are you joking? I want to know what you think about that. Uh, I wouldn't really want to see a unicorn. Why? I wanted to see a genie. You want to see a genie? Yeah. I heard there is a genie and a unicorn, so we can, you have to pay. Promises, yes. You have to take make tickets. You have to make tickets or buy tickets for. Make? No, buy tickets to either see the unicorn in Paris or the genie in Paris. Which would you prefer? Probably genie. Probably genie. Okay. All right, well, we'll try to make it happen. Okay, I love what you. are you doing? And he goes on to say, this doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Why are you audio or video recording this? And so it just reminds you of a 10, almost 11-year-old going into fifth grade in that in-between spot. But if I would have told him that a year ago, he would have been like hook, line, and sinker and believes everything we tell them. So why am I sharing a unicorn in Paris? I'm using as a silly example the magic that we love about our kids that gets us so happy and joyful and they just get excited. Like when they were younger, they're excited about a diaper box. They're excited about seeing a smile. It's literally the littlest things for them. They could find a little lint in the carpet and fascinate it over for hours. Their minds are beautiful to watch. It is also the same mindset and same brain that gets them in trouble because the same child that gets excited about a cardboard box or a unicorn in Paris, or seeing a balloon blown up for the first time. That same adorable, impressionable, undeveloped, vulnerable mind that we see day in and day out, getting excited about the little things, about all the things, that emulates the magic in which they are living in. They're like living in this magical fairyland. That magical fairyland of Wizard of Oz that they live in, that they think that Blue's Clues is actually talking to them, is the same mindset in the same brain 
in the same vulnerable, impressionable heart that gets them in trouble when they don't know how to manage their emotions, when they have temper tantrums because they didn't get the crackers at Publix, because they don't know how to manage disappointment. They don't know how to manage their sadness. They have this giant vibration going through their body like an electrical shock, and they are wigging out and freaking out. And they're looking at us to know that everything's okay, just like the flight attendant we talk about all the time. And when we can give them that calm reassurance that nothing has gone wrong, this is part of the human experience, and hold the space with them, it gives them that inner confidence that they don't have to hold that beach ball underneath water and nothing has gone wrong. They have that calm reassurance that nothing has gone wrong, and this is part of the human experience, and it's okay that they don't know how to read the physics book yet, but they will learn it in time through lots of trial and lots of error. Just like we teach all the other things, we have to teach it in ages and stages. And it's not something that they master, like their math facts and their multiplication facts. It's always a growing and evolving process, just like us being in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, we're still learning and mastering it and we're still evolving and growing. So I use this example as a tangible and silly example as a way to remember that during all our different reactions with them so we can be their flight attendant and we can be the calm in their storm and not join in the temper tantrums with them and have a temper tantrum as an adult. And through lots of trial and lots of error and lots of practicing, you will notice that over time, the tantrums, however they're showing up, whether they're three or 13, will be less intense, less frequent, less duration once they do happen, but they never, ever go away. And then when you can accept the as is of every single moment, no matter what's happening, then you can remind yourself like, oh, that's right. I'm in a relationship with someone who believes in unicorns in Paris. I'm not in a relationship with my sister or my mom or a friend or a coworker. It's my job to step into emotional adulthood and show them how to manage their emotions. And that's where the learning comes in because we have to always learn how to manage our emotions first. And once we know how to do that with a B minus effort, then we can teach them too. So get out there and hold the space for those kids that believe in the unicorn in Paris or in Grady's case, the genies in Paris. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.